hope you enjoy this message from South City C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. The title for this morning is Wonderfully Made. Did you know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? And if you look around the room right now, you can have permission to look at each other, you will see that we are all very different. We may be tall, we may be short, we might be older, we might be younger, long hair, short hair, blue eyes, brown eyes, brown skin, black skin, white skin. We are all uniquely made. So this morning, we are going to have some fun with being creative. And the first thing I would like to have is Mark and Sarah coming to the stage with one or two or three igniters. Would you like to come up, please? Let's give them a round of applause. Now, we have got some material here, a collection of uh, household recycling items. Oh, okay, we'll have a whole team. Awesome. Well, maybe you could divide yourselves up a little bit. Mark, one team. Sarah, the other team. Just, just pick, quick. Alrighty. Now, you have limited resources. You have some sellotape and some scissors if you need them. I'll put them kind of that way. And I'm going to give you a set amount of time to create something out of this. Suggestion might be a piece of clothing or maybe a toy or an animal. But I'm going to give you a very short amount of time, okay? Are you ready? Are you steady? Do they look ready? No. Okay. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one, go. We should have some music here, shouldn't we? So we're going for some headgear on one side. Oh, headgear on the other side as well. Nice. Got a little bit more design and thinking over that side. Using of tools. <laughs> maybe we won't need tape, maybe we just have to balance. Okay, you've got two minutes left. Two minutes left. Oh, got some shoes. Nice, Sarah. Oh, have you got both of them? I don't know. Where's this? Have you got both sellotapes? Or just one? I don't know. There. There, there, there. Yeah. Hey, this could be entered into, wow, the world of wearable arts. Here we go. One minute. 
I'm not timing, by the way. This is a teacher trick. Okay, come on, team. You've got to get something on. Go, go, go. Some body wear. Go for it. Okay, 30 seconds. Twenty. Give me a next good ten. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Dog, well done. Oh wow. We have some armor over here. Would you like to tell us a bit about yours, Eva? To... <laughs> Do you think you'll be um, going into battle with this? Yeah. Yeah? Do you feel well protected? Against toilet paper man. Against toilet paper man. Wow. Okay, and on this side, I think this is looking rather smart, don't you think? Reuben has got a top hat. I think he could go to the races or something rather smart with that. Wow, thank you so much, team. Can we give them a big round of applause again? Well done, good job. <laughs> thank you. Wow, what you can do in a short amount of time. I will come back to this, don't worry. There are a couple of other people in the congregation who are going to be busy whilst I am talking. We have Emily doing a little project down the front here. Um, Grace, give me a wave, Grace. Where have you gone? Oh, right at the back. She's doing something for us. And then Nathan over in the creche. And Jeremy at the front here. Okay, so they're going to be producing something while I'm talking. And they're going to show us right at the end. So whilst they're doing that, I would like to share with you a story. It's a little bit of a sad story, but it has a really good long-term end. I hope that's okay. It's called The Girl No One Wanted. There were once two sisters. The youngest sister was very beautiful, and her name was Rachel. But the oldest sister wasn't beautiful at all. Some thought her quite ugly and her name was Leah. Rachel was the kind of girl who always gets invited to parties and chosen for the team. Everyone loved her. And poor Leah, no one hardly even noticed her. One day, their cousin Jacob came to stay. He was one of Isaac's sons, and he was on the run. Jacob had stolen and cheated and made some enemies, including his own brother, and now he was hiding. The funny thing is, Jacob, of all people, was the one God gave the special promise to, the same promise he had given his grandfather Abraham. I will rescue the world through your family. But then God chooses people we least expect, as we'll see. Jacob stayed a long time working for his uncle Laban. One day, Laban said to him, Jacob, I've decided to pay you for your work. What do you want? A sudden thought struck him. How about one of my daughters? Jacob looked at Rachel, and he looked at Leah. Who would he choose? Of course, he chose Rachel. 
I'll work seven years for free, Jacob said, if I can marry Rachel. So Jacob worked seven years, and at last his wedding day arrived. But that night, Laban played a trick on him. Instead of sending Rachel to marry Jacob, he sent Leah. Now, in those days, they didn't have electricity, so it was dark in their tent. And besides, women wore veils, and you couldn't see their faces properly, so Jacob suspected nothing. The next morning, Jacob woke up and screamed. His new wife was lying beside him, but it wasn't Rachel. It was Leah. Jacob jumped out of bed. Laban, he cried. You scoundrel. But Laban said, work for me another seven years, and then you can marry Rachel. So Jacob worked for Laban another seven years, and at last, Rachel became his wife. Now Jacob had two wives, but of his two wives, he loved Rachel the best. No one loves me, Leah said. I'm too ugly. But God didn't think she was ugly. And when he saw that Leah was not loved and that no one wanted her, God chose her to love her specially, to give her a very important job. One day, God was going to rescue the whole world through Leah's family. Now, when Leah knew that God loved her in her heart, suddenly it didn't matter anymore whether her husband loved her the best or if she was the prettiest. Someone had chosen her. Someone did love her with a never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always and forever love. So, when Leah had a baby boy, she called him Judah, which means, this time I will praise the Lord. And that's just what she did. And you'll never guess what job, what job God gave Leah. You see, when God looked at Leah, he saw a princess. And sure enough, that's exactly what she became. One of Leah's children's children's children would become a prince, the prince of heaven, God's son. This prince would love God's people. They wouldn't need to be beautiful for him to love them. And he would love them with all his heart, and they would be beautiful because he loved them, like Leah. I wonder if you've ever been in a place where you have felt a little bit like Leah. Maybe you've been waiting to be picked for a sports team, and you've been the last one picked. Or maybe you've worked really hard to audition for a part in the play, and then you got the lesser part because that girl or that boy who seemed to get chosen for everything gets the best part. Maybe you were hoping to be top of the maths class, but you didn't quite get there. Or perhaps you were hoping to get the job, but the other person got it. How often do we find ourselves comparing ourselves with other people or putting ourselves down? You know, even as a parent, I still do that. I still make comparisons between me and other mums. You know, as a mum, we get asked to do various different things, whether it's helping to bake something for somebody or prepare a meal for somebody or help in some creative way at school. And I look at the other mums and I think, oh, she's amazing. She's just made this beautiful piece of knitting or crochet or that person's just baked a beautiful cake and I just make a little banana loaf. <laughs> or 
making a meal for somebody. That person's just put their name down for three meals this week. I struggle to feed my own family. In the last week, Hillview School have just had an amazing production of Aladdin. And there was an email some weeks ago that said, if you'd like to help out, if you can create sets, if you can design props, if you can come and be creative in some way, if you can help to put makeup on, do hair, and all this kind of thing. And I'm kind of looking at the list and thinking, well, they wouldn't really want me to do hair braids, and probably not the makeup either, and I'm no good at designing sets. Oh, but I could help with the snacks at the intermission. And so I stepped forward, and I helped with the snacks and intermission. And you know what? I realized that I can work under pressure. I can handle lots and lots of people coming at me at once, trying to buy ice creams. I can add up quite quickly. And I'm very organized. And that was my little bit. That was me just being able to step forward when I was needed. A friend of mine has been working incredibly hard these last few weeks. And God laid her on my heart on Friday. And he just said, just make them some dinner. And so I put together a curry that I was going to make for us as well, just divided it in two, and I dropped it off, along with a banana loaf, by the way. <laughs> and I got a text that evening just saying what a blessing it was, that she'd had two hours sleep the night before, and that she just did not want to think about cooking that night. And so they had a meal, all because just listening to God, because he sees what's inside, and he knows my heart. And it doesn't matter you know, if it's not fancy. How often have we seen other people being put down in, orders that, in order that other people can be raised up? As a teacher, I've seen this before. Many years ago, I was leading a PE session with my year fours and fives. And I had all the children outside on the field. I was quite young and inexperienced. So I had two kids standing at the front to pick their team. Uh-uh, cardinal sin. Don't ever do that. <laughs> the kids were standing there going, yeah, I'll have you and you and you and you and you and you. And there was a girl left to the end. Now, she was a lovely girl, but she was the kind of girl that kind of gets into trouble a little bit. And sometimes she's best friends with this person. Sometimes she's best friends with that person. And she had been left to the last. And of course, they were like, oh, you. So she came to the team and there was this mumbling and mm, don't want her on our team kind of thing. And I just snapped. I got so cross with my class. I just said, back inside. We are not having PE today. We are not doing this. Because I just felt so sorry for that girl. Maybe something deep within resounded with me. On the flip side, I've seen great moments. I've seen the powerful effect of lifting a child and raising them up to believe in themselves. Another girl in that same class thought herself a little bit like Leah. She wasn't as outgoing and popular as the other girls in the class, but she had a really sweet manner. She also had a younger sister who was much more outgoing and much cleverer, and I suspect slightly more favored in the family. One day, she came to me and she showed me this photo of her. And quite naturally, I said, wow, you look so pretty. Her whole demeanor changed. She physically grew. She lifted herself up. She smiled a big smile and said, Miss Green, do you think I'm pretty? And I replied, yes. Yes. 
I wonder how many times, if ever, she had heard that before. The power we have with just a few positive, well-meaning words. Last story of the same school. We used to put productions together, but we were only a very small English countryside school. We had, um, I think at that time, about three classes of mixed year groups. So I had a year four or five class of 29 children. So there weren't that many children to choose for the parts in this production. And there were obviously a few standout kids that you think, oh yeah, they'd be naturally really good on the stage. And so you could kind of pick who would be what. But our head teacher, Chris, she saw something in a boy called Jack. He was quite a popular young boy, and he was quite funny, but he was also really quite quiet and reserved. But she saw something in him, and she put him forward for the lead character. And as the rehearsals went on and the production happened, his confidence grew. His self-belief changed enormously, and he very naturally put on a great show. What I learned from these experiences was to really look at my students, my children, and other people around me, and see the hidden gems inside, and help to bring them out. That's what I think the story of Leah is about, and I think it's what God is ultimately about. He knows us. He knows our innermost beings. He knows what we're created for and what we're capable of. He knows the gems that he has placed inside us. And he knows what to do with them and when to do it. Some of us may face physical challenges. Some of us mental challenges. Some of us have accepted words spoken over us over many years that are not God's truth. God wants you to know today that you are worthy, that you're beautiful, that you're smart enough, that you can do it. He believes in you. And if the creator of all, the high king of heaven, believes in you, isn't it time that you did too? I've been doing some reading around Leah this week, and I found some really good notes. Biblical scholars argue over whether, Leah, whether or not Leah was actually ugly or just uglier than Rachel. The word but in the middle of Genesis 29:17, Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance, is a giveaway that God wants us to know these two women were different physically. But why does God make this distinction? Is the fact that Rachel was more beautiful in the story really important? Yes, it is. For this reason, God wants us to see he can use anyone. Part of the beauty of the story of Leah is that even though she wasn't the attractive star of the family, God still used her in a phenomenal way. Her son Judah became the father of the tribe that birthed both King David and eventually Jesus, the Messiah. Leah had an amazing purpose. She was a great, and several more great, grandmother to Jesus. Leah's life reminds us that God has given us everything we need physically to accomplish his purpose in our lives. God was intentional in the way that he made us. 
and he's just as intentional about the plans that he has for you. Comparison is something that we all do too quickly and too easily. We must consciously decide every day to believe God's truth about comparison. Instead of looking at everyone else and wishing we had more money, that's me, or wishing we were better at writing or better at playing rugby, God simply asks us to be more like Jesus. To try to be more like someone else distracts us from the unique path he has for us. God does not look at the outward appearance, thankfully, but he sees the heart attitude. God is able to bring great hope and beauty out of shame and disappointment. He did it for Leah. He can do it for us. He is a God who speaks light into darkness and hope into hopeless situations. And that's exactly what happens with Leah. And that is not the end of her story. As we heard earlier, God gifts Leah with several sons. The first three are named to reflect Leah's situation of not being loved or noticed by her husband. But Leah names her fourth son Judah. She says this, it says this. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, This time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. Something changed in Leah between the birth of Levi, her third son, and Judah, her fourth son. She went from someone crying out for connection to someone declaring the goodness and faithfulness of God. She went from someone insecure in her worth to someone full of confidence and assurance. Somewhere between the birth of Levi and Judah, she realized that her questions mattered. And she realized that God's answers to her questions were far more important than the answers she received from anyone else. Am I seen? Regardless of whether she felt seen and acknowledged by Jacob, she was seen by God. Am I heard? Regardless of whether she, was felt, whether she felt she was heard by Jacob, she was heard by God. And will you connect with me? Regardless of whether she felt connected to her husband, regardless of whether she felt she was valued and accepted in her family, Leah was connected, valued, loved, and accepted by her Father in heaven. So as I said, whilst I have been talking, there have been some busy people in this room. And I would just love for them to share a little bit about what they're doing. (laughs) Emily's frantically finishing off. So if you would like to stand up, maybe we start with Grace. Would that be okay? Let's have a look. Come forward. Now, I didn't give her any warning. So I said, Grace, here's some pens, paper. And I said, would you just draw something for us? So Grace, do you want to tell us what you were inspired by? Um, Just the song, being uh, the children's song, Being Grateful, and the drawings that were featured on the slide. Beautiful. (laughs) Lovely. My happy son at the top of the... (laughs) Beautiful and bright and colourful. Thank you, Grace. That's awesome. 
Thank you. Uh, Nathan. Now, I know you've been busy with your little baby. Oh, wow. Let's have a look. Nathan, tell us about your creation. Um, I made a dinosaur, a long-necked dinosaur, <laughs> for no in particular reason, except I like them. Cool. Um, yeah. Thank you. I'm going to take that one. Oh, Thank you. Oh, we've lost a leg. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Um, Jeremy, also given some play, though. Oh. Tell us about yours. I, I made an octopus. I just think they're really uh, such an amazing creature that God's made. Um, yeah, gave them some yellow spots to brighten them up a little bit. Fantastic. Well done. <laughs> Emily, can I... Here she goes. One. Wow. Just enough time. Just enough time. Tell us about yours, Emily. No, I'm finishing the band off on a cardigan that I started three weeks ago. Because <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Emily. It's amazing. So good. All of the works of art and creativity have been made for us to enjoy. They haven't been given a huge amount of time or massive, expensive um, materials to use, but just look what was made in that short period of time. There was a thought, an idea, creativity and patience to make a finished piece, as well as a bit of fun. Now, here is a quilt or a little crochet blanket. My gran made this for my daughter. So we're talking 13 years ago. It's been well loved. It's got a couple of holes in it now. But what I love is the fact that my gran lovingly made this for her, that it took her time, that she used her gifts and skills and love to create something really beautiful. So the last thing I want to do this morning is I thought we would make a quilt using some paper and some random resources. So I'm just going to kind of get these bits here. Now, I think my gran probably kind of just randomly put these bits together, so let's just see what happens. Bit of paint thrown in and, oh, some yarn. There we go. Yeah, that didn't, didn't really work as I had hoped. Um, yeah, maybe I'll leave the creativity to somebody else. I love the fact that my gran made this, as I say the careful planning that it took, the blessing that it has been to me and my daughter. God didn't throw random bits of pie and pieces together into the air when he created you. You were no accident. You were carefully and meticulously made and made for a wonderful, amazing, God-given purpose, just like Leah. I've asked Jan just to come and read to us Psalm 139. Thank you, Jan. O oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit 
and you know when I rise. You understand my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down, and you are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. And verse 13 onwards, this is a Psalm 139. My eyes are misty. <laughs> For you have created my inmost being. There's some pregnant mums here today. <laughs> and I often think of this verse for them. You have created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when, you, when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me are written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to, to me are your thoughts, O Lord. How vast is the sum of them. Amen. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Just such a beautiful psalm and a great reminder. Um, I was going to finish there, but the Lord just showed me something earlier on. And I just... The word I have for children, for youth, for teens, for high schoolers, for everybody, is just that you are so loved, you are so worthy, you are so precious, and you have, been, you have an amazing plan and purpose, that God has given that to you. You may not completely know what that is yet, but just keep pressing in, keep following your dreams, keep following your talents. Keep stepping out, and it will gradually unfold. As we finish today, just think about your circumstances. Despite your physical weaknesses, maybe, or your financial difficulties, or whatever it is that you feel is an obstacle, will you choose to trust in the one who made you? Believe there is a mighty plan and purpose for you. Do you believe that God hears you, that he sees you, and that he wants to connect with you? 
Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.